Greetings. Welcome to Space Court. This just in. Planet Earth. Welcome to an extremely special Space Court episode. First, I'm super excited to announce that Space Court's favorite astrologer and token sinistress, Say Pitten, is with Star Child. Congratulations, you beautiful bitch. This episode has been dreamt of for almost two years. The first time I heard Astrology Rose, I had very strong intuition that these two hosts, Karen and Itai, share an uncanny alchemy. But I had so much curiosity about what the cosmos would say about their chemistry and connection. At last, the stars have aligned and Space Court's dream has come to fruition. We invite you to join us on this fantastic voyage as our sinistress, Say Pitten, and her star child do a sinister reading between Astrology Roast podcast hosts. That's a bitch of a tongue twister. It's sinistry, bitch. Space cord, space cord. Space cord, space cord. Space cord, space cord. Space cord, space cord. Sinistry involves the comparison of two astrological charts to determine areas of strengths and challenges in a relationship. Sinistry is a valuable resource for people who want to examine their relationship with another person based on aspects between each person's birth charts. So, very excited to be here. Thank you all for showing up. We're all in different parts of the world. It's all different times of the day, even different days. So this is extremely special and so happy to be sharing this with planet Earth. So say, please take it away. We would like to introduce astrologer and sinistress. Say Pitton. Cancer Sun. Capricorn Moon. Virgo Rising. I love your guys' sinistry because... There's a couple things that like really told me that you guys are like really sweet friends. Like there's a huge level of compatibility in terms of how you guys communicate and share ideas and how you guys like sort of join forces and like really genuinely enjoy each other's company. Obviously you guys do because you guys co-host a podcast together and to be honest with you guys, like I haven't listened to a lot of your guys's podcasts and I did that on purpose because I wanted to like not have a bias. I mean, I had listened to you guys like a long, long, long time ago, but I haven't, I didn't go back to like refresh my memory or anything like that. I didn't want there to be like a preconceived notion of like how you guys are. We would like to introduce Astrology Rose, Fanatic, Rachel, Cancer Sun, Cancer Moon, 
Gemini rising. A good point to also note that I want to go straight into the synastry first before like going into how you guys met and all those things, because I really do want it to be from this like unbiased lens of say is looking at both of your charts and just basically interpreting what she sees. Right. So we'll go into more of those details of like how you met and first impressions, astrology roast, that kind of thing. But just the synastry straight up was like my vision and idea. And I love that you were on the same page, say, by like not going back in and listening and just having having like a a fresh lens um, as you're looking at these charts. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you guys know this about yourselves. You probably do, but you guys both have Venus in the third house, like natally. You guys both have that. Like you enjoy things in the same style. Like you guys both have a love for talking and sharing and exchanging ideas and maybe even like enjoying gossip. And um, <laughs> boy, do we never, <laughs> never, never. My lips are sealed. <laughs> <laughs> say can you speak a little bit to the third house like when you say that venus both of their venuses are in the third house like what does the third house represent for people that are not very familiar with the houses the third house is the mind it's how we think it's how we communicate it is it can also be our siblings and neighbors and short distance travel but it mainly is about the mind and how we talk how we think because it's ruled by mercury and mercury is the messenger of the gods so when you have venus in your third house natally you tend to find your venus expression in that area of life so communication like talking so the way you would show your love to someone is by like chit-chatting with them like if you don't have that sort of lovely friendly light rapport where you can like have fun talking with someone then it's not really gonna like captivate you mm. you know like and it doesn't have to be like deep conversations about life it's actually more of the opposite it's more like fun chatter like being able to have like a fun light-hearted banter with someone like that's what you guys might really like Yes. Word. <laughs> Word. Does that resonate? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Me and Itai um, lived together for about four years and we would text oh, wow. each other. We would text each other from different rooms, like up until the small hours of the, <laughs> oh, the morning God. and then chat, chat, chat. So much chat, chat, yes. chat. We would like to introduce Astrology Rose Podcast co-host Karen Gemini Sun Gemini moon, Aries rising. Oh and very God. much, very superficial, very superficial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not the meaning of life. Never, no, never no, no, definitely deep, not. We're like, there questions. is no meaning. Let's move to gossip. Celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, I had no idea you guys used to live together. <gasps> oh my gosh, am I yes. giving you a bias now? I'm giving you a bias. Too much. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. I want that pure astrology, that sweet, sweet, pure, unbiased <laughs> interpretation. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know you guys like had that component to your relationship. That's really lovely. So, okay. The other thing is that you guys have, synastry wise, you guys have moon in each other's fifth house, double whammy. 
I love when you say double whammy, but can you reiterate for those that don't know what does double whammy mean? And this is an actual term in the astrology book. If you open it up, double whammy will say... It's when you have the same aspect or same like planetary presence, like where you find it in both people's charts. So... Itai's moon is in Karen's fifth house Mm. and Karen's moon is Mm. in Itai's fifth house. Okay. And the fifth house again, what does the fifth house represent for those that aren't familiar? The fifth house is play and enjoyment and self-expression and creativity, performance, like being on stage together. Yeah, yeah, Hi, yeah. I'm holding your hand. Yeah, in your house. Yeah, so like Leo, it's like it's ruled by the sun. So there's like a very majestic quality. There's a lot of energy. It's like an active, creative, playful. But we're talking about the moon here. So when you guys are together, in order to feel really good and nurtured and safe and secure and internally like calm, um, you guys should play and create together. Like that's what might help you guys feel internally peaceful, if that makes sense. Like you guys just feel good being together because fifth house is a feel good enjoyment pleasure house. And they say that when you have this in synastry, it also means that you guys really want to like make each other feel good. Like you guys will always sort of go out of your way to make the other person feel good because you hold them in such high regard because it's a Leo house. It's very proud and royal. And this mm. is this is the moon. So it's like it's how you feel on the inside about that person. Yes. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Yeah, like, so so because it's a double whammy, if we were to do a composite chart, which means like you take two people's charts and you combine it together and it creates a whole new chart and that becomes the chart of the relationship itself. I didn't do a composite for you guys, but because you guys have this double whammy, it means that in the composite chart, your guys's moon would be in the fifth house. So like... Yeah, when you guys are together, you just really feel good together because fifth house is really happy and it's like it's the inner child. And like when you guys create together or like maybe if you guys are around children together that's like a very positive thing like it might oh spark it's i we're gonna have a leo child Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not ready <laughs> Yeah, it's a very creative relationship, creativity based. And yes, that's definitely. Yeah, so I love that. Mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> like, no wonder you guys have created this podcast together. Yes, <laughs> and, 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 and many that's other one of many, <laughs> <laughs> many other not for profit, like unintentionally not for profit things. Oh, <laughs> Just wow! Fun creative ed- uh, endeavors. It sounds like exactly. right enterprise. Yes. I hate yeah. that word. I hate that mm, word shenanigans. Mm. But unfortunately, but it now is. it makes more <laughs> sense that like all of our creative projects were there to mostly serve ourselves. Like this is just how we have, this is just how we communicate. (laughs) All the other people that that need to engage in those projects are like, you know, they just don't don't get it. 
we can just have like a relationship behind closed doors. Like we have to perform. <laughs> no, <it needs> to be... <laughs> and yeah. no one's asked for those performances. It was never asked for a sequel or another one. They're all one-off. <laughs> yes. so wow. Good. Yeah. So it's a very like, I would say it's a very happy sort of energy because of that fifth house double whammy and it's the moon so it's like it's how you feel so i thought that was really lovely and then another thing i saw is that it ties venus is very close to karen's jupiter so whenever we have someone's venus and someone's jupiter together any of the aspects whether they're conjunct even the opposition even the square like because they're the two benefic planets which just means that they bring everything like beautiful and desirable and it just like amps up the quality in a good way of that planet and it's in Taurus which is like Venus's home or one of its homes so there's just a lot of love and like Mm. sweetness and it's very easy for you guys to love each other Venus and Jupiter together it just it's very easy for you guys to love each other and when you do it's like in a big way so like when you guys come together you guys probably like give each other big old hugs because Taurus loves hugs Taurus is very snuggly and it's that earthy love energy too I think it's true it's very easy for us to love each other and it's Mm. like it also feels very I don't know to me like I never even um, thought about it how easy it is like but now that Mm. I compare it to other relationships in my life Mm. it's very easy but you know aside from astrology mm-hmm. we also have some physical barriers like hugging yeah. <laughs> loved ones yeah like uh, everything you just said say around like how easy it is for us to be around each other and to love each other I'm like but it's so, such a contrast to how difficult it is for me to love and be around everyone else so it's so, <laughs> like it's so accurate the easefulness and the playfulness is very yeah, very natural with your tie and Aww. such a contrast to how like you know like yeah we, we do we can be miserable people and happy people and very joyful people but it's very funny it's very funny I have a friend of mine who she is insane and she told me she's like you like just working with your tie and doing projects with your tie because he bosses you around the whole time and you just like listen to him and I'm like absolutely not that is not the dynamic like we just work in a flow together on projects in our own way in our friendship which is like the air and fire as well allowing mm. ourselves to breathe and to move in the way that we need but go on <laughs> but no we don't hug we don't hug a lot yeah I find it hard that the closer I am to someone the more mm. difficult it is for me to hug them so wow. I think it's I think it me makes too. sense yeah we would like to introduce Astrology Rose podcast co-host Itai Aries Sun Virgo Moon Aquarius rising. When everyone reads my chart, they say that like Venus in Taurus is so physical and the touch, and mm. and that's like the the only thing in my chart that I'm like haven't accessed it yet. Oh, <laughs> yet, yet, yeah, yet, um, yes. I'm hopeful. Still hopeful. There's hope. You know what's interesting, Atai, is that you Mm. have your Venus and Taurus at 26 degrees. And that's exactly where my Venus is. I also (gasps) have it in Taurus at 26 degrees. Oh, my God. And do you find it easy to like the touch thing? Is it natural Uh, for you? 
I mean, I think I'm like more cautious at first. I have a lot of cancer. Mm. So I'm mm. like cautious at first. But then once I love you, like I love you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But does that um, mean bear hugs? Does that mean yeah. cuddles? I like to give bear hugs to the people that I really, really adore. <laughs> How about yeah. with animals? Like you tie, you have two cats. Are you pretty? I mean, obviously cats are very affectionate, need to be wrapping around legs and tails yeah. everywhere. So, I mean, is this kind of a gateway into this comfortability yeah. of cuddling? 100%. They're literally on me at every single moment. Oh. <laughs> Physically, yeah, that's yeah. true. People at home can't see this right now, but there's a cat on Itai's head and then also <laughs> yes. around the world. Nice well so. Yeah, <laughs> they're here. <laughs> Okay, so we just went into the Venus-Jupiter conjunction. Now, in contrast to that, um, you guys have an exact opposition between Karen's Mars and Itai's Moon. And in Sinistry, when the moon is opposed by someone's Mars, that can be a very intense passionate evocative but in like a angry way because it's mars mars is like assertive it's Mm. direct it's impulsive it's about action but okay with all that being said karen's mars is in pisces so her like pisces mars is very like gentle actually so it's not like a very like aggro mars it's like a very receptive mars so you might even be like just sensing other people's energy all the time without even all the time all the goddamn time (laughs) (laughs) oh god not 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 if that's what you identify as it's more just like it resonates so it's what i'm saying a challenging path the pisces mars thing Mm. i don't quite understand it because it's it's Mm. so counterintuitive yeah like i like to think of pisces mars as like a very elevated mars in the sense that it's like not of this 3d dimension (laughs) because it's like yeah like it's more sensing rather than like physically acting and reacting all the time it's tuned in to like 5d i don't know so that mars is opposing this earthy virgo moon and so this can be like really aggravating because the moon is feelings it's like privacy it's like what's on the inside so the moon can like very quickly become defensive it's like cancer cancer is very like defensive Mm. it's like got this hard shell because it's so soft on the inside so it has to like Mm. kind of protect itself so like the moon can be offended by this impulsive mars but like it won't necessarily show that it's being like Mm. offended and then like mars may want to like jump up and like act because it's this opposition it's like going against what mars wants to jump up and go do let me pose a question to itai that might help um articulate this opposition so itai how do you feel when i 
A, ask you how you are, and then B, <laughs> go on to tell you that you sound really, really happy and you look like you're doing really well. Wow, this is literally the answer to that is what Say just described. It's like, yeah, yeah, this opposition. It's like, and I don't listen. I'm like, but you just, you look so well. Like, it doesn't make any sense what you're telling yeah. me. You look so good. Yeah, I'll be like, this is a really difficult time. It's challenging. I'm thinking about quitting my job. I'm thinking, and she's like, but you sound so happy. Just like that. <laughs> no. Yes. Yeah, but that's also like a very Mars thing to be practical and you know just like straightforward you sound so happy so like this is it <laughs> yeah but that's what my Pisces is picking up it's just like receiving that you yeah. look really good on Instagram and so yeah. that is my barometer for joy and happiness yeah well I would expect <laughs> well. a little bit more depth from, from a Pisces <laughs> placement All right, I'm never doing it again ever ever <laughs> I'm never gonna ask you how you are yeah, Mars and Moon is very carnal energy because it's like oh. it's like Aries and Cancer and they're the cardinal sign. So all that to just say that it's like a raw feeling. It's not like very calculated. Mm. It's more like impulsive maybe. So anyways, that's that. And that's like, I think, one of the most exact aspects you know how I opened all this up by saying, like, I can totally see why you guys are so, like, compatible and you guys are just meant to be friends or, like, co-creators or you might even have this very tight, like, sibling sort of feeling towards each other. And that's because your guys' Mercuries square each other exactly. So... It ties Mercury is at 21 degrees Pisces and Karen's is at 21 degrees Gemini. So that's an exact square. Oh. Yeah. Karen, you're a very third house person to begin with because you have a third house stellium in Gemini, which is like ruled by Mercury. So what can I do? Just... How can I fix it? Say. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Um, well, they That's say that with stelliums, like in order to sort of break up that super hardcore concentration of energy is to focus on the opposite sign or the opposite house. So in your case, like it would be the ninth house. And interestingly, you have yet another stellium. They're all outer planets, though, but you have three planets in the ninth house and they're all mm. opposing your third house planet. So maybe traveling or getting together with people from foreign countries hint, oh, yeah. hint. <laughs> are you gonna get it yeah um let's do a space court times astrology rose roadshow we travel around I've been, I've been waiting and we can and we can meet fortune tellers and tarot readers across Ooh, you know gosh. the great united states and hawaii oh and israel and yes yes i mean tell me wait, this but i took you say. i took you away say from mm. the mercury oh, square that we share yeah. i'm sorry oh <laughs> no um yes the mercury's squaring each other and because karen your mercury and venus are at the exact same degree that means your venus is also squaring it ties mercury mm. and you know when people hear the word square they're like oh no it's a square but 
In terms of sinistry, I think squares are actually very riveting. It's like, because it's like a Mars type of an energy. It like really drives the two people to action. It really prevents the two people from feeling stagnant because whenever there's a square, it drives the two people to want to sort of break up any sort of like aggravation or tension because a square suggests that the two energies are like getting in the way of each other. So in this case, it's Pisces with Gemini. Yeah, it's the two mutables. So yeah, like when the two Mercuries are squaring each other, it's almost like impossible to be quiet around each other. Like it might be impossible to to like let there be a moment of silence to pass between the two of you. And like wow. even if there is silence between the two, you guys are both like thinking about like what you want to say next. And then, like, one or the other person will, like, inevitably, like, speak up. Like, it has to come out. That's the energy. Like, you guys really drive each other to, like, just talk and talk and talk and talk. Because it's a lot. It's, 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 it's a lot. Also- we went on a, what, seven-hour road trip or 15-hour road trip. I don't think we... I don't think we stopped talking not, like more than 10 seconds. No, we, we never. <laughs> not even on the toilet. Like it was a lot. No. <laughs> it's a very interesting matter. It's just the same. The same. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Wow. That's exhausting, really cool. but so like, but so not exhausting in the same fashion. More just exhausting in the sense that you don't sleep as much as you probably <laughs> should for your body and for your, you know, the fact that you're a human. But other than mm. that, like very invigorating and very enlivening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what this type of energy is. The square is very invigorating, and yeah, you can't help it. And it's interesting. Like even if you don't identify as somebody who's very chatty, like this type of an aspect in sinistry is going to make you want to chat so much with that other person and that's why i just thought that that was so cool because mercury is also like as i said earlier the ruler of the third house so it also has to do with siblings and it just like represents the like-mindedness that you guys might have and you guys are probably on the same sort of wave like mental wavelength all the time so Mm. it's this very like comfortable like maybe there's like a sibling dynamic where you guys like feel so comfortable with what you say you don't worry about how you might sound you just say it and then because the venus is also entering into this square like venus square mercury is yeah yet another indicator of like let there be no rest when it comes to like talking or like sharing what you're thinking and it's a very enjoyable flavor of energy Aries is very significant in their sinistry because Karen's rising sign is Aries. And so it's always nice for an Aries rising to look to see where their Mars is and like where the other person's Mars is because it's their ruling planet. So the ruling planet sets like the overall flavor of the natal chart, right? So in Karen's case, it's Mars. So I did notice that it ties Mars is in Karen's 10th house. 
And me and Rachel have this in our sinistry. So like the way Atai influences Karen, he may sort of help push her to become more mm-hmm. public in a way. <laughs> wow. That's silly. <laughs> that is so specific. Yeah. I, I think that's wow. uh, one of my goals. Really? Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's really yeah. accurate. And then Karen's Mars is in Atai's first house. Atai is an Aquarius rising. It's a very late Aquarius. When we have Mars in someone's first house, it's a great synastry aspect to have to really just be able to do stuff together. Like, it's not like you guys are going to sit around and talk about doing things. Like, when you guys are together, like, you will go out and do the things that you say you will do. It's like a great way to like rally each other mm. and actually make things happen together. That just stood out to me, like the Mars in the first house thing, because there's like great action there. Mars rules the first house. So when you have that in sinistry, it tells me that you guys are like proactive together. Mm. Like very interesting. Guys- yeah, yeah, I would say that's true. And I'm not a very proactive person or very goal oriented um, but yeah, I would say that's true. And when, when I've been around Itai, or, or we, we get shit done. Yeah. I always thought it was, sure he was an Aries. And maybe he's the Aries that I wish I could be with my Aries ascendant, you know? But it's more oh. than that. It's the Mars. <laughs> yeah, there's just so many things. For example, Karen, your Mars is in Pisces. And Itai, your Mars is in the 12th house. So in that sense, you guys, it's very easy for you to understand each other. It, there's like similar like it's like a similar signature you know um yeah can i um can i ask you say as well like yeah. i know that we also have a i mean this is quite common to people in our age group but we have the same north node and south mm-hmm. node does that have any meaning or in terms of like movement and life purpose and things like that i'd be curious how the charts speak to one another yeah definitely so you guys are born in the same year so you both have North Node in Pisces. Wow. Okay. So North Node in Pisces tells me that in previous lifetimes or like in your early life, you guys have already mastered work, like working and like taking care of mundane tasks and like even maybe your physical health and like taking care of yourself in that way and just like being organized and like doing all those Virgo things, you know? So in this lifetime, you guys are moving towards letting go of like control and like letting go of of minding about those like mundane earthly things, physical things and exploring that which cannot be in our control and like exploring spirituality and art even and exploring like the invisible like all the neptunian things having pisces placements karen has mars in pisces and atai has mercury in pisces in fact atai's mercury is like only two degrees away from your north node so it like helps you get to where you want to go. So mm. I don't know if this is like answering your question at all, but 
um, when you look at North Node, South Node in astrology, it's also important to look at the house placement too. But did you want... I think lost you a little bit, say. Lost you completely. Oh my gosh. She disappeared into the cosmos. Can you hear us? Say, <laughs> have you gone to 5D? Have you gone to Pisces North Node? Where are you? She's in the 12th house. <laughs> <laughs> you went, want yeah. me oh. to talk about how it affects... Can you hear me? Oh, can you hear you yeah, now? Yeah. Like you were gone for, I think. You, what seems to be like forever. Yeah. <laughs> we thought you got sucked up by the 12th house. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. That's so crazy. I know. I, it is. Cause I guess you couldn't hear us. You couldn't hear us at all. Uh, no, I could hear you guys for a while, but then, <laughs> but then like everything froze. Crazy. Yeah, definitely the 12th yeah. house. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, I was asking Karen, like, does that even touch on your question? Yeah, I think um, what came to my mind, I'm not sure if this is connected to 12th house or the north and south node, but like whilst knowing Itai, I've been able to see him use more of his singing voice and his musical voice in a very Neptunian, I would say, way where it's kind of a channel to the soul and, and a language of these very deeper parts of himself so yeah I don't know I feel like having observed that there's something very Neptunian about him sharing more of that because he is a very public person in many ways so he's all on the grams yeah um, doing what the young kids are doing but I think mm. when it comes to sharing the other parts of the self like having observed that seeing you know I, I do think that's also part of his work and his mission as well yeah, well, it's interesting you say that because it ties Mercury is conjunct his North Node. So mm, yes, I think that's what made me think of it. It's like the communication, but like spiritual, deeper way. Like it's touching on something deeper. Yeah, definitely. Something older. For sure. Yeah. I, I like how you just said that. That's one of my favorite things about the sign of Pisces is like they're so old and wise and yet they're so timeless and yes. like Pisces is about the collective so and both of you guys having a Pisces placement like you have Mars there it ties Mercury is there and it ties Mars is in his 12th house so I think you're both very concerned with the collective and you guys are able to tap into like I think you guys very much care about the people, you know, like as a whole. And Pisces just wants everybody to be good, but good in the sense of like you guys want everyone to be okay and and you guys mm. want there to be peace and harmony. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, it's interesting, Karen, that you asked about the North Node because it squares your Sun, Moon, Venus, and Mercury. So, wait my north node or, or the sinistry's north node squares the things your north node but also it ties north node um we're doomed it's doomed <laughs> so no, no, the square means action remember the square has a bad <laughs> reputation but in sinistry it's this exactly like, yes. it's the great yes. encouragement yep mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we're reframing the square here on space <laughs> yeah we <laughs> yeah so it makes sense to me that you would ask about it that you're thinking about it because mm. it affects you very personally <gasps> um yes 
And because the North Node is opposite the South Node, like the South Node also squares your Sun, Moon, Mercury, and Venus. So if you think about it, Karen, and this doesn't have to do with the synastry, but in your natal chart, like you can sort of think of it as your Sun. Yeah, it's 90 degrees away from the North and South Nodes. So you're kind of like in the crosshairs kind of thing. Because it's both your guys' North Node, it might feel like it really like amps you up to go towards where you're going. Because just like Rachel said, the square is the motivator. Um, and it's your Sun, Moon, Venus, and Mercury. So, wow, so yeah. that's a lot of motivation. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to put it that way. <laughs> very much so. <laughs> I feel very motivated hearing about those squares. <laughs> I don't feel doomed at all. <laughs> encouragement, encouragement. Exactly. No, that's really cool. Yeah. Those were like the main points that really stood out to me. Mm. You nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. Yeah. Do you guys have any questions, any areas of contention aside from the teddy bear hugging? Uh, <laughs> well, that's, that's something for us to work on individually. You know? <laughs> I have a thought and then a question. I think my first thought is um, it's really what I love about astrology is that it doesn't just tell you things in order to tell you, oh, look, I know it, like mm. it's true. Like this, the thing you said about how our moons interact, the fact that to feel safe and happy and comfortable, we need mm. to create together. Mm. It's like, it's not just cool to hear it because it's true. It's also interesting to understand the relationship. It's like, yes, we, mm. you know, when, when we were living together and we would just be doing nothing, our nothing would be to like play a song or record something or make a video or make, mm. or like come up with a project or like come up with like our, our podcast and stuff like that. And it was like, it wasn't just fun. It was actually now I'm realizing it was our way to make a home or to be feeling mm. like a home. Um, so I think that's something really, you know, that this synastry is, is like, I don't know, maybe the biggest gift for me. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to hear like anything about the conflict because obviously we talked a little bit about it, mm-hmm. like the Mars and the Moon. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, like what are the areas you know where it's like the mm-hmm. complete opposites or like trigger warning <laughs> your your Moon and your Sun? I don't know. Maybe like so... the most challenging aspect is that. Yeah, the most which I mean, you talked about the opposition, which was a direct like degree opposition. So I think that was probably the one, but maybe another one is what you're fishing for. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, the moon opposite Mars, I was like, wow, because it's such an Mm. exact like they're both at the same degree. So I was like, oh, I bet they really feel that one. There is mm. another opposition in your synastry, but I didn't talk about it today because it's like seven degrees apart or something, which is considered to be like, you know, more further out. So I don't know if you really feel this one all the time, but I'm sure it's it's felt from time to time, but maybe not so prominent. But um, mm. there's a Saturn opposite sun, Karen's sun is 
opposite it ties Saturn and also opposite it ties Uranus. Yeah, the other reason why I didn't talk about this either is because it's happening in Karen's own chart. So because it's like an outer planet and you guys are born in the same year, so it's going to be felt between the two of you, but it's something Karen already experiences within herself. Mm-hmm. Um Saturn and Uranus opposite Sun is more of like a conflictual or like challenging aspect where it ties Saturn might feel and Uranus might feel like it's restricting or like holding back Karen's soul identity as a Gemini. God. maybe that's for the best though you know like just to flip it like maybe the Gemini soul needs a bit of should be restriction and muffling, muffling. <laughs> but then Uranus is also here too so it can also be like chaotic and opposition is like conflict right because it's like totally different energy it's like totally opposite energy so it's like a complete roadblock but then an opposition is also that like libran like relationship quality so it like forces you to really work together but you will never come to a middle ground type of a thing like that's that might be how it feels however it like really forces you both to like work together or like to compromise or to cooperate because that's Mm. what this like opposition is but yeah that's why I didn't talk about it because it's it's they're like seven and eight degrees away so it's not like hugely felt but it's still there because it's on your sun and it's also something like you have in your natal chart so I was like well it's something she's already used to maybe so i don't it's amazing what we can get used to in life isn't it it is yeah astrology is just like so complex like that mm. there's just mm. there's so many facets and they're all happening all at once so yeah that's what's cool about astrology for me is that even though we have this tool that we use to like understand ourselves but it's still infinite and I feel like I've talked about this with Rachel before, but I still feel like there's things about myself that I'm learning or like mm. there's new things that I find and I'm like, oh shit, like, wow. You know, like I'm like constantly being surprised. Mm. Well, I mean, it's the, it's the great alchemy, right? I mean, even for the master chef, like if you just decrease a spice by a particular level or increase the mm. heat, I mean, there's just so many variables yeah. that you're working with. That yeah. each time you can get a different interpretation, you can get a different flavor of the same ingredients, <clears throat> you know? Mm. So yeah. I can see that infinite ability to just keep going and going and going and learning yeah. and growing and stretching. Totally. Mm. Thank you so much, Say. Really appreciate all of your insight and uh, wow. interpretation on this. Um, yeah, wow. I'm... <laughs> Have anything, yes. any last question for Say before I get more into kind of maybe some of your story? No, thank you so much. And it was spot on, some of that. And I will be taking those nuggets with me and sitting me with too. them like really. And it's also really beautiful just to, I think, as Itai said, just to observe like, I guess, the creative parts and the playful parts that I always would have assumed that were just part of Itai's nature with the world. 
and I was fortunate enough to observe that or be a participant in that but it's really interesting to look at the ways in which both of the charts inform each other Mm. um which is really cool so yeah thank you you're you're very good yes (laughs) I feel feel lucky to have had this reading and um (laughs) so thank you very much and I didn't think that it was a coincidence I always felt like with Karen I had this you know this chemistry and this creative energy so yeah like it resonates really much Thank you, guys. This was so much fun for me. Yeah. I I love being with other astrology people. This was great. (laughs) Yes. And can't wait to, for the world to meet your Gemini baby. Yes. That's so exciting. Yay. Super sweet. Super sweet. Now that we got the unbiased kind of alchemy of your two charts, I'm super curious mm. about how you guys actually met, like what that was, and then also what each of your first impressions were of each other, just yeah. like first impressions. So <laughs> if you don't mind sharing that, I'm very interested in the story. Itai, I'll let you share because we, I think we, okay. met, we, met at a, we met at a park. We met at a picnic that was set up <laughs> in order for us to test the waters and test each other and see if we would, we would like to move in together. I moved to Australia and I didn't have a roommate and I was looking for someone to live with. And then mutual friends were like, oh, our friend Karen is also looking for a house. So maybe you guys can connect. So they organized this picnic. And I remember my first impression of Karen, it was that everyone was around her. I'm sure she's going to reject my observation, but everyone was around her and everyone wanted her validation. The thing to either whether they were funny or interesting and people were like referencing her stories. Um, And it was just like, I remember I was like, I wanted to make her laugh or I wanted to... (laughs) I wanted her to know that I'm like funnier than everyone in the picnic or that I'm like more interesting <laughs> than everyone in the picnic. So I told her about this Instagram account, Hot Dudes Reading, which is this Instagram account where like there's just hot dudes in the subway or in the street that are like reading books. Yeah. And I think I was just like trying to be funny. And I think the thing that was mostly like clear was that like that she was witty and she valued people that are witty and like people that are quick and funny and interesting mm, that was my first impression i don't know if everyone would be swarming around me that's absolutely not how i like i reject that categorically <laughs> not at all like bees. no like one bees. was swarming <laughs> no one was swarming but i do remember when i first met Itai, i think beforehand because our mutual friend had suggested that maybe we'd be good to live together because we were both looking for a place i remember i'd stalked him and he had this like the most camp picture on his facebook account which was him lying with his hands on his chin and his ass out in like a fluorescent tracksuit and i stalked him i was like who is this guy he loves himself sick i was like why is he so obsessed with himself he is really out there and yeah he just had like a really joyful playful account and i'm completely the opposite like i hate photos and hate putting myself out there like that which i've learned since knowing you Thai. but i also remember that picnic i think i was probably just feeling really socially anxious or i was a bit weird i felt like everyone was looking at me but obviously they were probably just swarming around me now i know my validation <laughs> 
and I remember thinking your tie was really like warm and also cool. And I think I maybe then or another time gave you a lift home or I gave you a lift somewhere. And I remember I started driving on the wrong side of the road because I was trying to like <laughs> trying to talk and to be cool. And I was like just like literally about to like drive into oncoming traffic and you were you were fine about it. But yeah, it was an interesting journey. And then we did end up moving in together and we had this really like furnitureless house for a good for a six while. months. <laughs> for a while, which, you know, in connecting to Say's Sinistry chart, it, it was interesting that she talks about the projects and the ideas and the creativity and the playfulness, which is a complete joy. But I would imagine if there was a lot more of a, you know, a Taurus or an Earth kind of representation yeah. in this industry, we would have actually furnished this cold apartment yes. <laughs> with less than like one. There was like one seat or something for the first. But it's it's know, so month. interesting. Like we just think that a house is a house that's full of furniture, but it, it really makes you think like, what do people need in order to feel mm. at home? And it doesn't mm. necessarily mean a couch or <laughs> or a table. <laughs> It's true. It's other things. Yeah, yeah but I think so we kind of like, I don't know how quickly we started doing things together. Like we made a show, the Rihanna show, a show based on only Rihanna songs called Anti-Further. And it explored, you know, love and heartbreak. I don't know. Uh, is there how... a way that people can view that now? Is that on, still on YouTube? Is it a specific yeah, channel or web page that we could no, lead you don't, people No to? one's ever asked. No one's <laughs> you ever can asked. Go... <laughs> You cannot just look up, even if you write on YouTube anti-further, like it won't be coming up unless you write like anti-further Itai Ben Simchon. Like you have to write everything in order to get it. But I remember we really just started doing these Mm. things. I think before the Rihanna musical, which was, you know, a really huge moment in my life. But before that, for some reason, I had thought that it'd be a really great idea to start a juice business. And I think this was earlier on in the piece. And Itai was like, I'll help you. I'll just come in, you know, at six in the morning or seven in the morning and help you bring pomegranates and oranges and for me, as a very tentative, distrustful person, I was like, wow, like here's someone that's just helping me and so eager to be helpful and to make things fun and playful and to make things in my life easier and better and much more interesting. So I think that was the that was 1.0. And then there was the Rihanna music. There was a lot of other, sorry, musical. There was a lot of other creative projects. Same with Astrology Rose. It was something that Itai was just like, oh, I'm doing this podcast. You're going to do it too. <laughs> and all of these kind of, you know, in his Aries fashion and in my kind of Gemini, you know, vomiting out ideas and comments and observations, somehow our ways in the world kind of land on each other and, and create something tangible, which I'm always quite shocked that they happen. And there's usually mm. a lot of joy. Most of all, it's very joyful for me. Usually, you know, we invite other friends along. And so that's where the tension can come because they don't always work in the same rhythm. But yeah, there's been quite a lot of projects and they've all felt very positive and easeful and meaningful, which is really cool. Mm. Yeah, yes. but also the in-between spaces. So, you know, you know, a lot of feature of living together with Itai would be that 4 a.m. text message of this is the address of the guy I'm going to now. If I don't show up tomorrow, you know, call someone or it's just the small <laughs> things which are just so joyful and so, so fun to be around. Amazing. And still you guys create. Is there anything that you can share with the planet with regards to upcoming creations of Karen and Itai? Nothing in the immediate future. Okay. I, I definitely think COVID and the distance of living across the world has made it difficult for us to just create in the organic way that mm. we would usually create. Mm. But 
yeah, nothing would give me more joy in this joyless world, you know, nothing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But no pressure as well, you know. Yeah, sure. I mean, with regards to all of the music that you guys sing, do you have recordings? Do you have an album? Well, we do have a, a duo called Stodom and Gomorrah. We have one, <laughs> one or two songs. What, what's that? I've never heard of it. Well, you shouldn't. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot of um, unsurfaced tracks and, you know, <laughs> some that I hope they never surface and some that, you know, one day maybe. Right. I have no doubt that, you know, Karen and I will create more and, you know, maybe even on larger scales. Oh, um, maybe the Super Bowl performance. <laughs> maybe the Super Bowl scales, performance. Jupiter scales right there. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I think that um, as Karen said, it will be organic. It will be something that will just mm-hmm. show up. Yeah. Uh, well, as one of your biggest fans, I must say that I'm certainly um, anticipating those B-sides, B-side astrology roast recordings that have never showed up, the songs, all the links that are from back when you guys lived together in Australia. I mean, to access these files really would be such a delight. So I look forward to that time. <laughs> really? And- <laughs> To some degree. I mean, I'm always curious about like the behind the scenes, the things that Mm. are not published, you know, those things to me are actually not necessarily more entertaining, but definitely Mm. give context. And I like kind of complete full pictures of scene Mm. situations. So I appreciate them. I'll say that much. Thank you guys so much for showing up. I really appreciate this. I love uh, what Say was able to illuminate or affirm in so many of the aspects that she shared. It's done. My 2021 goals done. Sinistry between Karen and Itai. This was it. Yeah, so what much. an amazing thing to facilitate. And also you've made both of us feel like a celebrity, which is, that just has made my life. Yes. I've always thought that it's such a beautiful thing to celebrate and to acknowledge friendship in this world. I don't mm. think we do it enough. Mm. Um, yes. So, I, I mean, I, of course, like Brittany and Itai's industry chart, that's a deep friendship, but also a mentorship. It's a relationship in its own chart. But I think, you know, celebrating friendship in this world, all the variables of it, all the ways in which we connect is such a nice thing to do. So thank you for doing that for me and Itai. And for, it's also such a pleasure to thank see you, you again so as much. well. Thank you so much. Space Chord, Space Chord. We invite you to listen to the brilliant podcast, Astrology Rose, and you will understand what Say was talking about in the sinistry. We encourage you to visit www.saypitton.com for a sinistry reading between you and a friend, lover, relative or colleague. You must know the birth date, exact birth time and birth location of both individuals in order to have us in this tree reading. As always, thank you Britney Spears, and all her constituents, for sharing your gifts. Sharing is daring.